Blog Talk Radio. Twitter's an interesting place, man. 
It's, it's it's a hateful, yeah. hateful, hateful place. <laughs> when people get place. upset about stuff that people say about them on Twitter, I'm like, dude, it's Twitter. What did you expect? I mean, what did you expect? It's, it's, it's a den of hate, man. It's just a den of hate. It's a beautiful place, man. I swear. I swear it's a beautiful place, man. People hate on angels, you know, kittens. People people don't like kittens. I mean, anything yeah. that, you, that most people love, everybody hates on Twitter. So you just got to know that going in. But the Renegades but, are ready. We about to we about to bum right. rush the show. We about that's to bum right. rush the whole Twitter thing and get it popping. So make sure you you that's follow right. D Will, follow uh, Justin Page. Get the get the followers up, man. Get the followers up. You follow, we follow. All right? That, so you it. want your followers that's up? Uh, followers up. Follow us. You know, follow the RSG cat. We'll keep you up to date on all the sports. You know, everything going on in the sports world. But we we'll also give you that realness. That realness you don't get nowhere else. So we're going to get into the show. Uh, you know, we're going to keep it live. We have a conversational barbershop style uh, of, of sports talk, very different than, than what you get other places, in case you didn't know what you're listening to. Uh, stuff we're going to get into this evening. We've got to talk about the NBA Finals. We're going to get into the first two games. Game three is going on right now. So that's in full progress. Uh, I won't spoil that for you cats that are DVR, but, you know, we're going to see how that goes. It's in San Antonio's 1-1. San Antonio's got to get it in. They laid an egg the last, uh, that third quarter, fourth quarter of uh, game two, see if they can bounce back. We will see. Um, so we're going to get into the finals. Lots to talk about there. Uh, we're going to get into some comments by Dennis Rodman about LeBron and the, just the overall criticism that LeBron is getting, which is baffling me. But that's just me. I want to see what the other cats that are, the other members of the illustrious three-man booth think. Uh, we're going to talk about the curse of the NBA coach of the year, getting to George Carl getting fired. Uh, Kevin Durant thinking about signing with Jay-Z. We're going to talk about that. We're going to hit you with a throwback, a throwback joint of the week. We have an athlete, the NBA player, we're going to throw back to, give you some information about a particular NBA player. We're going to talk some NFL talk. Mel Kuyper came out with his list of his top five teams that had the best off seasons. We're going to give it to RSG once over and see – if this is really a real top five, we may have some issues with Mel Kuyper's top five. So we're going we to dig into that RSG stop. We're going to talk about the NFL trying to bring a team to London. For what? We're going to get into that. You know, that again, that's, that's, that's game changer talking. You know, I got a quarterback, but sometimes I want to call a sneak every now and then. I want to call it bootleg. <laughs> Why just keep it? You know, but we're going we're gonna to let the other cats weigh in. Um, and then we're going to talk about hard knocks. It's about that time. Where HBO needs to figure out who's going to be on Hard Knocks. Let's see who the RSG cast want to see. You know, if you have any say, if you're an executive HBO and you happen to be listening to the show, you mean this This is what the real people want to see. This is what the people want to see. We're going to reflect that. And then you got Gronkowski got a, with the Patriots getting another surgery. Is What's up with this dude? How is his career – where is his career arc going? Is he a flash in a pan? Or will he ever get back to that all-pro form that he displayed a couple seasons ago? And, you know – we gotta give the we gotta give the obligatory Tebow talk. Um, we just gotta address it for a moment. We're not gonna spend a whole lot of time on it. I'm sure you you Tebowed out, but it's interesting, man. The Patriots are different. You know, it's like when the Spurs do something. You know, they're smart and they have a history of being smart. And sometimes you just gotta tell you know what your track record says. You know what you're doing, even if it is Tebow. So we gotta get into that and see what the fellas think about that. Mayweather Alvarez, kind of talk about that. Chad, Don, Chad Dawson got knocked the F out. 
<laughs> a first round KO yeah. in his last fight. We gotta talk. We gotta talk yeah. about that. I'm watching the fight on TV. I must have got up to get some chips, man. I came back. It was a wrap. I gotta replay it. You know, I gotta rewind the DVR to see what's happening, man. So that was crazy. And then we gotta talk about the impact of Serena Williams. Um, she adds another Grand Slam title. Uh, just we, she's 31 years old, getting towards the end of her career, but she's still kicking butt. We got to talk about that, man. We got to we got to talk about that. Then we're gonna hit you off with the resistance digital solutions, dog of the week. With that said, let's get into it. The NBA finals, fellas. The finals are going. It's one one. San Antonio jumped up and surprised the Heat in Game One. Game Two, it was nip and tuck early, going back and forth. San Antonio was looking good. Miami was looking good from time to time. As I was telling you guys off air, I'm a Game of Thrones fan, man. So it was the finale. So I wanted to watch the finale live. So I, I had to get the ball game on DVR. So I turned from the ball game. I watched Game of Thrones, and I'm deep in the Game of Thrones. I'm not changing the channel. I'm watching. And I turned back to the Heat game. When I left, it was the second quarter. Towards the end of the second quarter, very close game. They hurt, the Spurs was up by two or three at that point. So I figured, okay, this is going to be a great game to turn back to. I get my Game of Thrones, turn back to see the last little last five, six minutes of the finals, uh, game two. And I turned back, man, it's a 25-point lead. And I'm like, man, where, where, how did this go left? How did it go left? So I need y'all to shed some light on it. You know, I rewind the DVR, but, but what did you guys see at game two? That, that What happened? I mean, who done it? D-Wheels, who done it? Uh, you know, San Antonio got knocked out like Chad Dawson. It was quick. It was dirty. Uh, it, it was. It, it, the thing about it was, it was. You, it was. You almost didn't. When I was watching, I was like, I couldn't believe what I was seeing, because for a minute I was thinking, was well, San Antonio holding in here, and it was like Miami decided. <laughs> for some reason, somebody just said, "We gonna we gonna make this happen," and they just went down and just did their thing. And I think part of it is. You know, when you take the head off the snake, then you got him. And I think once they uh, took care of Tony Parker, they kept chipping away from him. And one of the things that has been happening through the whole series is Miami can get wherever they want, and Spolster's been able to play whatever lineup he wants. That's a bad sign for me for San Antonio. And I've been saying this. If Miami, they don't have anybody who can protect the rim. And once Miami realized we just need to attack, and not worry, then they just went off and did that thing and started tipping the balls and, you know, and then, you know, LeBron, you know, put that exclamation mark on him. But it was so quick. It was one of the quick cuts. And then your boy did what he normally does, our friendly coach, who's like the Belichick of basketball. He just sat everybody down. So he sat everybody, he's sitting everybody down and just gave another 10 points. So he just kind of sat everybody down and said, we're going to live to fight another day. But it was a quick death. It was so quick. I was like, I looked up and the score was out of reach, um, and that was probably the best defensive sequence I've seen out of Miami all playoffs. Now, I'm a, now, now, what's up with that though? And, and maybe Justin, you can shed some light on this for me, man. How come Miami can go lights out for stretches, but they can't put? To, it seems like they they also check out the other way for stretches. Where and they're not bad. Their bad is still pretty good. But their good is man, it's it's almost untouchable. What's up with that? Why do they do that? Let me let me tell you why. Because they're better than everybody else. When I was better than everybody else, I didn't try hard all the time. I try hard when I have to. If you look at the Miami Heat, they haven't lost back 
instead of waiting until the fourth quarter to put LeBron on uh, on Tony Parker, they put LeBron on Tony in the second quarter. And what that did was that broke Tony Parker's rhythm. And that's what you have to do when you have a guy who can get going and can, and can get hot and can get on one of those streaks and, and take over a game is you got to keep them off balance. So they gave Tony Parker different looks. They gave him some size and speed with LeBron. They went with the quickness with Chalmers and, and Cole. So they kept him off balance. They didn't allow him to get a feel for kind of what they were throwing at him. Throwing LeBron at him early kind of caught him off balance because the other thing that that does, and I think this is something that Parker's got to be thinking about next time, is that it gets him into attack mode. It takes him out of the flow of what they're trying to do, and it gets him thinking, i got to beat LeBron. I got to score on LeBron. They put LeBron on me because they think he can stop me. Well, I'm not going to let him stop me. You know, I think when Parker sees LeBron, he thinks it's go time. I got to get baskets because they're trying to stop me. Instead of just continuing to play the game and making LeBron just, you know, mm-hmm. stay with me, you know. And it looked like Parker got into that a little bit. What was your assessment, D. Wills? Uh, first of all, I mean, your comment, I was on Twitter going back and forth um, uh, regarding this that, you know, uh, he does Spo doesn't get enough credit, and you don't get this far without a great coach. And you know, I like the way you describe it. He's sneaky, great. He has sneaky stuff, and he just makes these little adjustments because sometimes people think making adjustments, big coaching is making big adjustments. When you play at this level, it's it's some of the small adjustments that have the greatest impact uh, on the game. Um, but you know the way in which he utilized Chalmers. I mean. Chalmers definitely stepped up. In, in the series, you're going to need one of these role players to have a big game. The, the big three are going to come and play uh, on either side. It's, it's what supporting cast will come and play. And in, in the, that role and the way in which he got, got not only Chalmers into the game, but also allow LeBron, as the run started to happen, to start to exercise what he's doing. And the other thing is about LeBron's patience. Like I said, you know, this, this – Finals for him is well. I would say it's like his matrix moment. It's, it's like his is the point in which he is trying. He's about to go to that next level of work, and he's he's creating this patience. Everybody else wants him to to score, but LeBron has gotten to a point where he understands he can control the game in many ways, and and he's he's being stubborn about it and he's pushing it. And those are kind of things that I, I appreciate about it. But Spolster's adjustments. How he's put stuff in in Birdman's activity and in the Haslam on Duncan. I mean, one thing about Haslam is he's tough. He's he's got he's 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 got a, a little bit more size than Birdman, but he knows how to play and he's gonna battle. And and that's a good enough to just force Duncan a little bit off of his shot. So he's done a lot of different things to create you know, more hands in the pocket passing lane to force, and I like the way you said it, to, to force Tony Parker to become more scorer instead of a distributor. Um, all those things I think he's done with little adjustments in the lineup and things that I think don't get uh, seen or appreciated. Yeah. Now, Justin, you back with us, man? I'm back in the game. I'm sorry for the – Oh, yeah, you fresh. You fresh now, dog. I didn't what was going on. Oh yeah, he locked and loaded. Yeah, you fresh now. You fresh now. It's like it's like going from a, a, a eight track to, to digital. My man is back. Oh man, clean. I'm so disappointed. I'm so disappointed. I thought I was in the game. <laughs> yeah, man. Well, we heard you, but it was it was breaking up a little bit. So I, I can't let you go out like that, man. I gotta look out for my peeps, man. I can't hire you on the radio. 
you know, with your with your voice coming in and out, man. That's not the that's not the legit Justin Page. I gotta put you I gotta put you in the right kind of set. I gotta put you in the right kind of setting, man. I gotta again if I'm premier, if I'm primo, yep. I gotta I gotta put you on the right kind of track. I I gotta put you, you on the right track, you man. Like, I gotta make sure you because you were I was saying you were sound like Bill Cartwright. Oh man, well I appreciate y'all putting me in the back of mind. Y'all run y'all run the play y'all uh, y'all call the plays, I just run the routes. So I appreciate y'all putting me putting me in uh, a level of uh where I can be successful. I, I appreciate that. Yeah. Now down the stretch of this game, man, and this is something I noticed before I uh before I started watching Game of Thrones to to Justice Dismay. Uh, <laughs> if you never watched Justice Man, you gotta just check it out, man. Just check it out, man. Just check it out, bro. Just check it out. It's different. <laughs> nah, but one thing I noticed was Manu Ginobili, man. Um, I mean, dude was out there like he had KY Jelly on his hands. <laughs> I you mean, dude just fumbling the ball all over the place, man. We all had those nights. You had those nights growing up. We've all had yep, those nights. Yep. D-Wade has, has had those nights several times. LeBron had that night the, the same night. If you really look at it, Manu Ginobili is too valuable to the San Antonio Spurs. He's been too great in, in, in Olympic world play. He's been too great throughout the course of his San Antonio Spurs career for you to count him out over one game where like he didn't even have the fundamental skill to dribble the ball. I agree. He stunk it up. There's an A-P-B out for him right now, but he came out aggressive tonight, and look at him. Spurs are in the hunt. Manu is going to be Manu. I, I I I compare Manu's role on the Spurs to D Wade's role on on the Heat. When the the Heat go as far as D Wade and Chris Bosh take him, Tim Duncan, you know he's going to do his thing. Tony Parker's going to do his thing. LeBron's going to do his thing. But it, it, it's these number two and number three guys that's going to be the key to success in this series. And Manu knows. Exactly that, and he's going to step up, and he's going to step up tonight. They may not win, but he's going to step up tonight and show you guys. Don't count me out just yet. I'm Manu Ginobili. Yeah, and yeah, you brought up you you brought up another cat that we need to get into, and that's Bosch. Um, and you know, Bosch is starting to get maligned in the media. They starting to talk about him, you know, talking about his shot selection. D. Wills, what do you think? What do you make of Bosch's shot selection? You know, he's 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 kind of. Uh, Evolved from a traditional power forward, you know, a dude that'll get you twenty and ten to one of these new age stretch fours. What do you think about that? Is that what the Heat need, or do they need him to be something different in order to keep this run, or to start to actually start a run? I mean, one championship isn't a run, but if they win this year, what do they need him to be to keep it going? I believe it varies. I believe I believe it varies from from game to game, from series to series. I think that, you know, he would go down low. He would get in the post. He'll get your rebounds in Toronto. He averages double-double, more than 10 rebounds a game throughout his entire career. He got to Miami and, and didn't have the same ability to be set up for success. Coach Spoh's game plan allows him to be on the three-point line. They want him to shoot 18, 12-footers. They don't want him in the paint banging. He's, he's a little frail for that. So I think you got to look at coach. You, you got to look at the scheme that the coach is, is calling for the team 
and you can't put his lack of ability to succeed inside against these bigs, i.e. Roy Hibbert, i.e. Tim Duncan, you can't put that on him. You got to put that on on uh, Coach Spo. Look at his career. The guy's a, a career double double guy. So because uh, he's not doing uh, it now, what's the difference? It's got to be scheme. I'm tripping off the fact you called him frail. <laughs> yeah, and <laughs> this is let me add something in here. You know, if you listen to his interview, when I watch him, he looked like Mike Tyson in the twenty twenty uh, in the Bob Rob, was it uh, was in the was it the Robin 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 interview? Robin Gibbons. Yeah, with Bob Walters and Robin, Robin Gibbons. Yeah, he looked like he was just lost, like somebody stole his brain. So you asked Boss why? Do, so Boss was like, "Well, I tried to get closer to the So I thought he was talking about going to get down the lane. He said, "I, I moved into eighteen feet." They have over over a course of time when you do this over you know, five, six months playing this way, it's hard to turn that off. And so in a way, uh, they, uh, I don't want to use terms, they've taken something away from him in a way that is is really made him passive. And he's been doing that for three to four months. And so, you know, six months, actually, you say two years. So now he's always, he got to turn and do it. And it's like he does not know how to do it. It's like he forgot he was a 2020 guy. And, he hasn't, like LeBron said, no, this is how I can play the game, and knowing when he can get in. And part of that is a sponsor thing, and I agree with Justin, and this is where you have to create lineups. Now, I think Phil was really good with this with Pippen leading the second unit. There are certain coaches will create a space where you got to play like that. So I think if going forward, I think what they need to do is think about Bosch in a second unit context where he is that low post player. So when he's on the floor with some of the other guys, he's out there. But creating that space where he is the guy, it's clear that he has to be the guy who's going to score. And I don't see enough of those lineups with him where he has to go down on the box and be that guy. Yeah, or get it, get it in, the, in, the, in, the, uh, in the skinny pose and then go to the hoop and be aggressive. See, here's, the thing. here's the thing with the way they play in box, in my opinion. Um, is the cat that you Justin hit it on the head? That this is what they're asking him to do. You're right, D. Wills. This is what they're asking him to do. They're asking him to shoot threes. They're asking him to shoot 18 footers to space the floor for LeBron and D. Wade to get off the ball motion, to get uh, driving lanes, all that other good stuff. But the real thing they ask him to do is to make those shots. And when he's missing them, that's when it becomes a glaring problem because it's like, yo, dog, come on, you got, you got to hit him. You got to hit him. You open if you're gonna take him. You got to hit him. And, you that's know, not who he is. Slump. That's not who it's he not is. It's not who he is. It may not be who he is, but that's who they're asking him to be, and they're asking him to make that shot. And if he can't make that shot, then they got to go back to the drawing board and figure out what they're going to do with this particular group of guys. Because, again, these guys are all about to start creeping up to 30, or, or D-Way's already over 30. These, are guys, these guys are starting to creep up to 30. And so it's got to be a well-oiled machine Otherwise, you've got to start to look at how can you extend this run and keep LeBron in town um, because his contract is coming up in the near future. He's not going to want to, you know, they they got to keep him there. they got to keep something going. Um, they've been, there's been talk about trading Bosch for the number four pick to the Bobcats. What do you make of that talk? Asinine, blasphemous, uh, 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 just just unprecedented. I, I can't come up with enough adjectives to, to, to describe my displeasure with the talk. So what would it take? What would it take for you? What draft pick would you need to give up by? I'm number not even giving up the number enough. one pick. It's ridiculous. 
They, I dig they it. I dig it. Big three. <laughs> they created a big three. And at the time, obviously LeBron James is on a, a playing field all by himself. But at the time, Chris Bosh was a 20-12 and 12 guy. He was a first-team uh, All-NBA guy. Like, not first-team All-NBA, I'm sorry. I misspoke. He was on the All-Star team every year. He was a All-NBA candidate. Like, yo, you can't get rid of this guy. My thing and, is... And, and, and what I would say, let me add to that, is, again, it, part of... It, it's like if you think about the Lakers or you think about uh, the uh, Celtics of old, there, t- there was a point where the stuff transferred to... Mikhail playing differently or transfer to Worthy having a bigger role. And I think part of it is the next iteration is they need to do some stuff with some free agents, but now you bring Bosch because more of the focal point along with LeBron having a more of an inside-outside game. So you bring him closer to hoop. He can still step out at times, but I think it's about getting Bosch back to that, that, that double-double guy. And I think you can do that. I, I don't think that's something that he's lost. I think that because they, they become more the focal point, and now you ask him Wade to do something different. I think that's where that goes, and then you're adding other pieces into the mix. But I don't think you get rid of Bosch, a guy who could be a 2020, a 2012 guy. All you have to do is really work the scheme. Let me ask y'all something, I, and I and I hate to, I, I'm not the point guard here, so I hate asking questions. No, you can bring the ball up. You can bring the ball up. We want to try and get this ahead. question on Twitter. Maybe last week, two weeks ago, I got a lot of I got a lot of hate for it. You, you mentioned the hate on Twitter <laughs> earlier. We we all praise LeBron James. We love his ability to to bully cats in the paint. He he's the biggest, strongest, fastest basketball specimen that we've seen in this decade, right? And he made yes. everybody better. He made Mo Williams better in Cleveland. He made Anderson Verja who he is today. He makes Mario Chalmers uh, a top 15 point guard in the NBA. How in the world does a guy manage to make D. Wade and Chris Bosh worse? Talk to me about that. How does this happen? You got two what? potential Hall of Famers, one guaranteed in, in uh, uh, D. Wade and one potential Hall of Famer in Chris Bosh. I'll, I'll say he's in, but how did LeBron make him worse? How did well, here's what I'll say. I'll, I'll, I'll answer this. I'll play off the ball. Give it give it to me. I got, I got an ISO on the wing real quick. I'm got, I got the ISO on the wing. This is what I'll say. All right. D. Wade, I think, eventually was going to break down, point blank period. And I think it's a little bit more glaring given the stage. Um, you know, it, it was coming. I mean, he's 31. He's a guy who's he's, he's a guy who, again, when we talked about Derrick Rose, D Wade has relied on explosiveness and his ability to blow by guys and then explode off the ground and get in the air against cats and finish at the rim. He has unbelievable body control. Again, we all know we all on the other side of 30. Once you get to that other side of 30, you hit that 31, man, everything starts to hurt a little bit more. You don't get up as high. You don't come off the ground as quick. And this was just a natural process for D-Wade. Now, for Bosch, what I would say the impact that I think playing with LeBron has had on Bosch is that it's taking away those post opportunities because the system is about keeping driving lanes open for the most unstoppable player in the game. And, this is where LeBron is going to continue. I think as he continues to diversify his skill set, you know, maybe Bosch can get back to that. 
because with LeBron, you have a guy who hasn't been, up until this season, he hasn't been a strong perimeter shooter. And because of that, he has relied on the drive. And so in order for him to be at his max and you to max out him, you have to have guys around him who can shoot. And that's where you saw in Cleveland when they would play Mo Williams and Booby Gibson. I mean, he made Booby Gibson. I don't even think Booby Gibson had hit a three since LeBron left. But when Bron was there, the Bron was <laughs> Yeah, exactly, exactly, you know. I'm joking, so I'm joking. this guy, yeah, I mean, but it's a, it's a legit question. So with LeBron, it's all about his penetration. Once he becomes a better spot-up shooter where he can dump the ball into somebody, relocate, catch and bust, then you can see him playing with a dominant post guy. That's not something LeBron is. He's still kind of falling into that. This was the first year where he really saw his outside shooting kind of take off, and he shot close to 40% from three. He shot better from mid-range. And so as LeBron continues to develop that piece of the game, maybe Bosch can go back inside. But Bosch being a little bit diminished as far as what he used to do in comparison is is because you got a guy who, one, dominates the ball, and one, he needs the floor spaced out. So he's not – they don't. They rarely put a guy on the block. If you watch the Heat play, they'll have a guy at the high elbow, in between the elbow and the low block, but they really just run somebody down to the low block and say, get one. You know, and I think that's where it's hurt Bosch's game a little bit. D-Wade, I think we're just seeing a natural, you know, you know, people talk about LeBron benefiting from recruiting, uh, from, from from coming to Miami. D-Wade also benefited from LeBron coming there because it's going to allow him to extend his career a little bit because he's not going to have to carry the load every night. And I don't, I don't know if he can physically hold up given his style of play, carrying the load every night. And D-Wade's got to, he's got to start to develop a spot-up game too where he can spot up and hit jumpers like a Jason Kidd did over time, where it wasn't his strength, but he realized in, in order to stick in the league, it was something he had to do. And I think that's what D-Wade is right now. You're not going to be yamming on cash like you were 25 no more. you got to figure out and add some elements to the, uh, add a different part of your game. You know, and he's kept his percentage, his shooting percentage up by just shunning the three-point shot almost altogether. He's got to figure out how to incorporate that into his game. So that's why I think LeBron has had the effect on those two guys is, you know, D-Wade doesn't, get, doesn't have the ability to dominate the ball. So I actually think he's helped D-Wade, but I agree with you. I think he's he's changed Bosch's Bosch game, and he's forced Bosch to change his game um, to fit in with Bosch. I mean, it is what it is, man. You sign you sign the line just like everybody else. You know what you was getting into. So, you know, they about winning rings. They say they want to win rings. That's what they need from Bosch. That's what they're asking him to do. He signed there just like everybody else, so do your job. You know, know your assignment, do your job. That's how it gets down. I don't know what you think about that, D-Will. That's my assessment. Just ask both of us. So what do you think? Yeah, and I agree with the part of Wade. Actually, I was looking at Jamel Hill, Detroit made in ESPN. He was talking about had Wade developed a mid-range jumper. He might add three years onto his career. But I like I like your thing about him getting out, you know, because I think it would be better if if D Wade could space the floor in some ways, and Boss could go in to the post. And I still and I still think you know the evolution is is working Bosch differently in working lineups. I mean, my big thing, you know, I I got a couple of things I always say that I like to see coaches. Part of where you get guys into shots is you manipulate lineups, and lineups create that go to person. And I think that's the next iteration of this team. And, you know, so I think part of it is what they do in some of the supporting parts. Like they got, you know, Birdman this year, you know, depending on what they end up doing with Coles and uh, and, uh, Chalmers, 
but finding somebody who could space the floor some different ways and run some different lineups. I think that's going to be where they have to do. It's like they're not going to do a wholesale thing, but I think Bosch's evolution is going to be important for them to win multiple championships. I, if you're talking about him being a Hall of Famer, that's where he's going to become a Hall of Famer, in my mind, is as he started to take more control in that big three kind of thing and moving closer to the hoop. So is he a Hall of Famer? I, I'm saying no. As of today, no, no he's not a I'm Hall of Famer. Could he get there? Yeah, he could get there. I, I say no right now. I don't know about y'all, but it's a no in my category. What do y'all think? Well, I, I think I would – let me add because I know Justice probably uh, – he just talked about him being a Hall of Famer. So I, I, I'll let him get in a second. But I, I think what he does in this series, as he takes – this is a conversation we just talked about, him, uh, you know, being more than being one-dimensional on this team, as he gets back closer to his his double-double kind of thing, which I think would be – if they're going to keep him, I think that's where you'll see him go. I think that will – begin to put him in that Hall of Fame uh, area. I think his early part of his career helped to lay the foundation, but I think in these championship runs, if they're going to go on them, I think what he does in this series to get over a team like San Antonio that comes with a lot of respect, and if he can become more the dominant force along with with uh, with um, uh, LeBron in this, uh, then I think that will begin to seal his position. In some ways, he's kind of like the um, the James Worthy of this group. And as Worthy took on a more significant role, that began to seal his position as being a Hall of Famer, where he didn't have that early on. Now, Justin, you got him in. Why you got him I, in? You know why I got him in? Because I can, I can foresee the future. He's going to be a back-to-back <laughs> champ. He's going to be a back-to-back champ. Listen, listen, hear me out. No, real rap. He's going to be a back-to-back champion after this this series is over with, and possible a three-time champion after next year. Because I don't see anybody realistically beating the Miami Heat, and he is going to go down as an instrumental piece to this Miami Heat dynasty. Yes, I said it, dynasty that we're going to talk about for years to come. Now, let me remind you. Before this guy joined the big three and took a lesser role, the, the previous five years he averaged 24, 23, 23, 23, 23. He always was a double-double guy, averaged 11, 10, 10.7, 9.2. Chris Bosh is a double-double machine. Name me any other double-double machine throughout the course of their career and three-time NBA champion that's not in the Hall of Fame. Would you get Roger Trotman on the show? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. He got feedback again, man. He sound like T-Pain. No, that's not because of what you said. It's that you're getting that feedback again. You sound like T-Pain, no lie. You sound like Future. You sound like Future. <laughs> what do you mean? You got like a robot like voice going on, man. So tough. So rough. You got the talk part going. Yeah, baby. So. <laughs> we have to come back in real quick, homie. I'm going to come back in real quick. I'm going to get 60 bars on you. I'm going to get 60 bars on you. 
Come back in, Jeff, in a sec, man. Call back in, come back in. Because we got that. Yeah. We're rising top on there. Come on. Come on, Pac. Come on, Pac. California love. Let me see. Hold on. Let me give Jeff a second. Let me see. What you got, bro? You back? No, he's coming back on us. Well, welcome okay. to the barbershop, right. y'all. This is how we doing it right now. We we come back to yeah, the wild, wild west, yeah, the early days. This is how we doing it. Yeah, man. This is to the Real Sports Guys, realsportsguys.com, RSG, Renegade Radio, and Gary Neal just bust a big three before the half, baby. <laughs> Spurs up six at the half. Wow. That was nice. That was nice. Yeah, man, Justin sounded like, uh, you know, Lil Wayne on Lollipop. He was just, <laughs> he was just auto-tuning it out, man. He was auto-tuning it out, man. Speaking of auto-tone, speaking of auto-tone, man. Yeah. I want to shift gears. We're still talking the league, though. It's Kevin Durant signing with Jay-Z, man. Now, Jay-Z, he's transitioning from ownership in the league. You know, he owned, like, 1% of, like, 115th of the New Jersey Nets, which is, like, not a whole lot. <laughs> I mean, he might have owned his seat, and that was about all he owned in that franchise. But he played mm-hmm. an integral role in getting that franchise to Brooklyn, um, getting the Barclays Center built, being the face of that franchise, getting that franchise off the ground, giving it the push that it needed to have some credibility with free agents. Um, so he did play a major role in building up that brand of the Brooklyn, now Brooklyn Nets, and transitioning from New Jersey to Brooklyn. Now he's making another transition. This cat is always evolving, man, which is what one of the things I admire a lot about Jay. Um, he's moving into being a, a, a an agent and representing players, and he's racking up a list of guys. You know, Victor Cruz is on the roster. Skylar Diggins is on the roster, which was a major kid as far as, you know, being able to do something in a, in a, in a, in a growing market of female basketball players. She's got crossover appeal. She can do a lot of different things, can be a triple threat possibly. Um, then you got, you know, Robinson Cano in baseball. And now, you know, sounds like Kevin Durant's interested in joining the Rock. Is this, I mean, is they, how much winning can one man do? <laughs> That's the question. How much win can one man have encoded in his DNA? Because Jay-Z, this man, this cat just figures it out. And if he gets Durant, if they sign Durant, that's huge, man, because you're, you're getting one of the – outside of LeBron, this is the marquee name in the league. Um, what, what do you think of his marriage, D. Wills? I, I mean, what you – I mean, who – I mean, he, that's Doc Carter. He's one of the best brands uh, in, the, in the world. And he's grown it the right way. He's learned the business. And, and when you think about, you know, um, particularly basketball, that individual brand is important and being able to align yourself. Um, uh, if you think about uh, the kinds of deals he's been able to put, to put together from a marketing standpoint and, and, the, and the ways in which he's been able to do it, he has access to that. Uh, but the other thing is that, you know, he has access in terms of what he owns in terms of pop culture. And so when you talk about crossover appeal, being able to get into space, the power of being in music around with other things that he's doing, you know, he is he has positioned himself, you know, very well. And so, you know, I, I think that's a natural progression for him. You know, they have this book out here called DNA Innovators, and if you think about what innovators do and the way in which they're always looking to put those pieces together and develop it, that's the, that is what 
it means to to be a business person here in the 21st century, really thinking about where you're aligning. And these guys understand that they're corporations. And who's built, if you think about it, over the past, you know, uh, you know, 10 years, 15 years, who's built a, a stronger corporate brand for himself than Jay-Z? And basketball players understand that. You know, they, they have this documentary that uh, the doctor on, you know, and, and, and Doc gave, launched that and was able to do it. And so, you know, when you're not just talking about being able to leverage, and what's smart about this deal is he's got, he's got another entity that's negotiating the contracts. So he set it up. And this is about how you leverage the business-to-business relationship, which is a whole other way in the game that he's bringing in. So he's bringing the people who can do the contracts. But really, the, when you're thinking about somebody like Durant, it's like post-game. How does your brand sustain over time? And that's what the, the beauty is uh, of someone like, uh, you know, uh, Sean, Con- Sean Carter, who can actually, Jay-Z, who can actually help you reinvent yourself. So I, I think it's a perfect hopefully, hopefully he can get hopefully he can get the rent out of them floral joints. Yeah. <laughs> pardon, pardon me, fellas. Am I, yes, me, fellas. Yes, Am I yes, back in yes. the game? Hey, you back in the game, bro. Dude, dude, check this. Dude, I don't check know this. What's going on. Let me know. I'm pulling the Kobe. I'm pulling the mellow. Coach can't keep me out of this one. Okay, I, I'm, I'm about to I'm about to fire Comcast. I'm gonna have a new system up, up and running by tomorrow. Comcast has affected me negatively, and I don't appreciate it. However, right, they messing with your brand. They messing with your brand, dog. They messing with they, your brand. They messing with my brand because I have some good stuff for y'all, and I'm afraid the people couldn't hear it. Now, yeah, <laughs> not over that auto tone. Answer me one question: What athletic related? Deal has Mr. Sean Carter himself in Rock Nation Sports successfully negotiated. Now, I agree. He's the hip guy. He's Can we ask you a question? That was, I'm sorry. Can we ask you a question? Was that rhetorical? Yes. Yeah. Well, he got. Yeah. He, he got. He he signed Skylar Diggins, but her, her, I don't. I don't know that her contract is definite with her WNBA team yet. Did she set any records? Did she get more money than Candace Parker or any other WNBA player? He signed Robinson Cano. His deal with the Yankees ain't up for another three years. So he's not done anything to prove himself worthy of these mega superstars signing with him. These mega superstars know their name is enough. They're going to get the deal that they want because of their ability. They want Jay to 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 brand them in, in in other opportunities. With the whole Kevin Durant thing, I think that Kevin Durant it, it's a complete like he must be having like a midlife crisis because he just but, lost his homeboy but, Russell Westbrook but, in the playoffs. Like but, 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 Kevin but, but, Durant, but, you he turned down he turned down advertisement deals. If you're not coming to OKC, he's not doing a deal. But yet he wants to sign with Jay Z. I don't get that. But, but but hold it. Here's how Justin feels about Kevin Durant. Here's how Justin feels about Kevin Durant signing with Jay Z. You smoke crack, don't you? <laughs> you smoke crack, don't you? <laughs> 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 you got some Joe Claus. Yeah, I don't, Joe I don't understand it. It's completely different the than on Kevin Durant's entire image over the the you know since he's been in the league. Robinson Cano, I get it. I get it. Which, 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 hold on. Let me let me ask you this. Jay Z's in a lot of markets 
where he wasn't ever before, and he made it work. The other thing is that he's he's partnering with a creative artist agency who's do, who's negotiating the deals. They negotiate. So what he's done is he's done this on a business-to-business level. That's a new way of developing your business and your brand. In the business, I'll talk about that later, maybe on another blog, talk radio network that I might launch, like Jay. But but that's what he's doing <laughs> to leverage it. So what he's done, what Jay understands is how do I leverage talent, whether it's an entity or whatever, to create the brand. And that's what he's doing. So he's not really the one negotiating the deals. He set up his deal to have people who do this on a regular basis, basis do it, but he's that front man. That's how you do the deal. So he understands how to do this because the other part he owns. The stuff that they don't get enough of, he's got access to that. You know what I just heard? He's the middleman. The middleman always gets X out of the deal. That's not a recipe. For he's not the middleman. He's the one. He's the one who is leveraging. But if you look at the way American business or business works today, it's all on B two B. He's the middleman. He's, 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 he's not negotiating contracts. No, he's done it. He's done it. He, but he's negotiating. No, I don't contract. like that for Jay. He, he, Jay needs to stay in his lane. Oh, yeah, crazy. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. Check it out, fellas. This is this is how I see it, all right? This is how I see it. Especially in, in, in Durant's situation in particular, um, is that we all know that there is – you can only be the golden boy for so long, right? LeBron went through it. Kobe went through it. At some point, your narrative starts to change. The narrative surrounding you starts to change, and people start to feel different ways about you, whether just or unjust. You can't stay the golden boy forever. One, you have to have somebody guide that that piece of your image. And I think that's what – JV is not there to guide the financial dealings of the athlete that he's working with. He's there to guide the image piece. And that's, right. that's what Skylar Diggins needs. And Skylar Diggins wants to capitalize on, one, her basketball skills, two, her, her looks, and then three, her marketability, because of her looks and her basketball skills, Jay-Z can, can give her access to people who can put her in Maybelline commercials, who can put her, right. you know, because Beyonce, he's got, he's got contact in all of these different worlds. He can get to people who can put her in a fashion show and get her out in different places beyond just the athletics. Same with a guy like Robinson Cano. Same with a guy like Victor Cruz. How can I take my image, and begin to build myself in a way that, you know, and, and, and thinking about it, man, think about a cat like Chad Johnson who did it solo, who did it on his own, who was a Oh, let's not talk coach. about Chad Johnson. But, but, but what I'm saying, look at where he's at now because of the image that he's built. It wasn't guided. It was more about let me just get attention. That's right. It wasn't the right kind of attention. And that was backfired on him because this cat had a plea deal with a judge Snatch his uh, attorney on the butt. The judge is like, you play too much, you go to jail. You know what I mean? The big thing is, how do you feel about that? You always playing. You play too much. You know what I mean? Whether it's whether it's right or wrong, I don't I don't think it was right that they did that, but I think they did that because of his image. And so that's what these cats are trying to do: is build the image, get themselves out there, but not do it in a frivolous and silly way. Whereas guys like T.O. and Ocho kind of got out there, they got themselves out there, they branded themselves, but now their brand is is kind of mud, it's mush. You know what I mean? It's not it's not worth anything long term. It's not worth anything longevity wise. When you look at a guy like Shaq, his brand now he's in car. Shaq it seems like he's in more commercials than when he played. You know, I see Shaq all over the place now. 
You know what I mean? And so that's a guy whose brand is actually taking off now. He's not playing because he's 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 guided it in a, in a in a way that has crossover appeal. And I work with I work in education. I work with a lot of forty year old white women. All right. <laughs> and they know they know and respect Jay Z more. If he's a one rapper, they know is Jay Z, and that's crossover. That's being able to cross over from selling selling wet off your steps to you know being able to have a forty year old middle class white woman recognize your music. You know that that's crossover. And so that's what these guys that's what these guys are looking for. You know, and, and for a guy like Duran, I think that's important because his narrative is going to shift. You know, now it, now he's at that point where people are expecting you to put up W's and win championships, and it's hard to win championships, you know, and he ain't going to be able to do it. It, it ain't going to be easy, and people are going to come at him. I might wind up coming at him depending upon how it go. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> it is what it is, so I'm going to call it like I see it. <laughs> So I I, I I just think I just think he I just think he he got he need he needs that that image piece to he needs somebody to guide that image piece and Jay if anybody has taken himself um, from a place where he shouldn't have a good image to being able to position himself image wise in a place where everybody pretty much across the board accepts him um, respects what he does and you know yeah he's got a positive Q rating. You know what I'm saying? So, I will tell you this, and I know that we have to move on, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna dwell on it. However, I, I think it's a great move for Skylar Diggins. I think it's a great move for Robinson Cano. Uh, I think it it's a questionable move for Kevin Durant, which I don't see it being profitable for him long term because he's not about that life. Regardless of what your brand <laughs> is. is what your brand is, you are who you are, and he is who he is. He's a nerd, and he's a gym rat. He's not Jay Z esque. He's not Rihanna, who Jay Z made a mega superstar. He's not J Cole, who Jay Z has made a mega superstar. He's not Skylar Diggins, who has been linked to Lil Wayne, who has the urban appeal due to her looks and her all-out basketball ability. He is a guy who who's a straight lace, non-media friendly. All he wants to do is play basketball and not be asked any questions about it. I think that Kevin Durant going in that route, it was like Kevin Durant sees no benefit from it. And if he shapes his image to be what Jay-Z wants it to be, let, let's call it spade a spade. As great as Jay-Z is, he started as a drug dealer. <laughs> like, yeah. I, I know they yeah. said that all of yeah. our fans yeah. are Yeah, but with, with access to the White House. So how do you do that? And then you holding you holding uh, you holding uh, 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 benefits for presidential candidates. That right there. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if Obama's going to invite him back after the open letter. Yeah, after the open letter, I don't think Obama's inviting him back. If you haven't heard, if you haven't heard, JC saw the open letter. Now JZ is one. The president said, "I got nine nine problems." JZ is now one. Like yeah. I'm telling you, man, you can't. You you gotta. You got. It's, it's a thin yeah, line. Yeah. It's a thin no, line. He, yeah, but there's a lot but of see, cats. Jay-Z did he had, he had to, to reconnect. He had to reconnect. Jay-Z had to reconnect. You know, that was that was him yeah. saying, "Look, man, yeah, yeah, I'm riding with the president, but he's doing some stuff I don't agree with, and I gotta let folks know I'm not totally. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not dancing. I'm not. I'm not totally in the big house. You know what I'm saying? I'm not on that Steven from Django. <laughs> <laughs> and 
I'm not mad at Jay for that, and I'm not mad at Barack for that. All I'm saying is, I don't think it's yeah. a good look for Durant. That's it. That's all I think that. I think that. It's, it's a gamble. It's a gamble. It's a gamble. So, hey, I mean, we're speaking about Jay Z. You know, what's what's your favorite Jay album? You know, this is a cat that has has been in the game for almost twenty years, twenty plus years even. Give me your favorite Jay Z albums, Justin. Justin. Oh, I go first. Ooh. Yeah, I'll you go first. You my brother is going to text me in the next 30 seconds, I guarantee. Oh, my goodness. I, I'm an 80s <laughs> That's baby. What brothers do, was, That's what brothers I'm do. I'm going to tell you all, I'm a 1980 baby, okay? Reasonable Doubt, what everybody thinks is this epic album, I use it as toilet paper, okay? I like Three songs. Oh, my, <laughs> oh my goodness. They kill it. Do your thing, I, young man. Do your thing. Honest. Do your thing. I'm, Do your thing. I'm, I'm being honest. I'll use this toilet paper. Now, uh, 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 Blueprint, freshman year of college, uh, favorite album all time. Up there with Tupac's Machiavelli. I loved it. Hey, Song if, we, if we was in the same room, if we was in the same room, if we was in the same room, Justin, I'd be dapping you down right now. I'd be dapping you favorite, down right now. My favorite album is The Blueprint, and my favorite song, Jay-Z of all time, in addition to Imaginary Player, which was on... Uh, uh, wow. Wow. Yo, see, see I, I'd buy you a drink after that, because nobody else likes Imaginary... I've never met anybody else... That likes imaginary player as much as I do, and I think I found that person. Wow, that's oh, crazy. Well, let me tell you. Look, I, I, I hate to get on a soliloquy here. But Go for it. Go for it. I'm, I'm all like, here. I, I was walking out of my bedroom, out of my parents' house, when I was like like 12 years old. I swear. And I was walking downstairs, and my brother was playing imaginary player, and me and my best friend at the time was walking downstairs, and we both stopped and said, "You hear that? What's that?" And we listened to it. And we never stopped listening to Imaginary Player. That was that was the defining moment in my Jay Z hip hop career. However, when I got to college, when 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 uh, Blueprint came out, and married when Jay hit him with the line, "You don't get it back like that," I fell in love <laughs> with Song Cry. Yeah, Song Cry, yeah. song number one. Imaginary Player, song number two. Best Jay Z album, Blueprint, hands down. Mm, mm, Hands mm. down. I'm, I, well, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go after Justin because we're on the same page again. I am a 1980s baby, and unlike Justin, I do love Reasonable Doubt. I love Reasonable Doubt. I, I love that album, but I love Blueprint, and that was my favorite Jay Z album up until Blueprint came out. And again, Blueprint dropped when I was in college. Um, and maybe it was just the, it was just the right timing and the right joints. But I mean, when you talk about the, the takeover. Girls, girls, girls. You don't know. Heart uh, of the city. Never uh, change. Song uh, cry. Renegade. Wowzers. Uh, Wowzers. Uh, yes, I stole that. Yes, I stole that from Inspector Gadget. Wowzers. <laughs> I uh, mean, double wowzers. Song cry. Song cry almost made me cry. I mean, just the the, the 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 sample. Everything about it was just crazy. Never change is one of my favorite joints. Heart of the City is one of my favorite joints. Takeover though. Takeover killed Take it. Over. And the one Take I love over. the one I love from that the one I love the most from this album is Girls Girls Girls. 
Yeah, I'm so about to hit y'all with another one on that one. Yeah. It was so smooth. I so couldn't smooth. agree with you more, Game Changer. So smooth. So, yes, that's my favorite. Then I got Reasonable Doubt. And then after that, I have In My Lifetime Volume 1. All right? People sleep on Volume 1. Yeah. I love Volume yeah. 1, man. I mean, it, 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 man, to me, that's, 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 that's the point I love, man. Imaginary Player, uh, A Million and One Questions. Man, there's so many. Um, man, yeah, man. I, I, I love that. I, I, that's my, that's like my, my, my holy trinity of Jay Z albums right there, man. But man, hats off to JP, man. Justin Page, man. I, again, I have never <laughs> met anybody that felt imaginary player like that. Most cats are like, what song is that? Oh, cut. And that's when the conversation stops for me. So, D. Will, your favorite Jay album? Uh, I think we're going three for three on Blueprint, but but mine is Renegade. That's my song. Yeah, I love it yeah. because I I love the playback yeah. between Jay and M. Lyrically, I mean they, they you could tell they were competing on the mic. Eminem murdered him on his own joint. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he did. He did. And, and, and as much as I love Jay, he got it. <laughs> he got it. It yeah, murdered it, 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 man. To M said he made the beat, though, so he knew how to ride it best. Yeah. yeah. But, but, and and, and, and but the only reason M murdered it like that is because it was a J track. He was on it with J. Yeah. I mean, it's like, yeah, you know, is. you got you to gotta bring it right there. You can't, you, cannot, you can't not bring it. You know, now you, you call yourself an MC. I know we were yeah. a show, but M is in my top five, so I don't, you know, probably top three, to be honest with you. Hey, hey man, go. honestly, I, I, I got love for him. I can't even battle on that. I love him. So yeah, yeah, I ain't man. gonna battle you I'm on, on that, man. man. I ain't gonna battle you on that. M is nice. M is nice on the mic. And M, M is a killer, you know. And 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 yeah, man. So so yeah, man. Hats off, hats off. That's, that's that did me well, man. My first Facebook post <laughs> back when I got on Facebook <laughs> in '08. Because <laughs> cats don't even know the difference between the 4.0 and the 4.6. <laughs> oh man! So that was that was my first Facebook. That was my first Facebook status, man. <laughs> a quote from Imaginary Player. That's a beautiful thing. So I said we was gonna throw in a throwback joint, highlight an NBA player from yesteryear, give him a little shine on our show, and the cat we've chosen for this edition of the Real Sports Guys is Drazen Petrovic. Drazen. The Croatian sensation. Uh, this guy was one of the best shooters ever to play in the league. And only if only he had been able to play longer, he was uh, he lost his life in a car accident um, in June, what, 20 years ago now? Uh, but he was it, it, when he lost his life, he was coming off of a season where he scored 22 points a game, shot 51% from the field, shot 45% from three, and 87% from the line, averaged 22 points a game, three-and-a-half assists, a steal. I mean, you know, it was between him and Reggie during this era as who was going to be that next guy to take that mantle as the coldest shooter in the league away from a guy like Bird. And when you talk about those percentages, 51%, 45 from three, 87 from the line, that's bonkers. And as a shooting guard, not at six foot five, not he wasn't Durant six ten, he wasn't six seven, six eight. Cat was six foot five. 
He wasn't was AI six foot even. Right, <laughs> right. <laughs> you know what I mean? So this is a, this is a this is a guy who was an unbelievable scorer. So I just wanted to give him some shine. Do you guys have any memories of of, of Petrovich doing his thing back in the NBA playing for the New Jersey Nets? I absolutely do. I'll, I'll let I'll let uh, Deb go first, but I absolutely do. Uh, and, and, and what I what I loved about him is he was fearless. I mean, and he's one of those cats uh, that would go at cats, go at a Jordan, go at folks. I mean, folks when he stepped on the court, they feared him. And even when he was in Portland, you could tell anytime he got minutes, he could play. And then when he went to when he went to New Jersey, man, he was on fire. I remember you know when when he uh, they announced that he died, man, it was something to hit me because he's one of my favorite players. And I, I remember being just struck by the fact that we didn't really get a chance to really see him do it all. Um, but his ability, if you just look, you like you said, battling for Reggie. But I felt like, you know, Reggie had talked, but it was like I had never seen an international player until Drazen, like, go at you the way he was going at you. Like, it was like yeah. this cat could have drove. He could have grown up on Drazen, the Chicago. Drazen was a different – he was a different kind of Euro, man. And he was – he was yeah. he was the – I, I view him and, like, Saranis, Marcelonis as the precursors yeah. to a cat like the Nobly and the Dirk. Yeah. These cats – and Tony Kukoc kind of came around and messed it up a little bit because he was a yeah. soft, traditional soft Euro. But these other yeah. – Drazen and, and, and Saranis, Marcelonis, these cats got after you. They got after you. Yeah. Croatia paved the, paved the way. Dravin, yep. Dravin, he paved the way for the guys like Tuna Kukoc. Yeah, because really Croatia was the spot. Game and what he did, you know, it, it, I hate to say it, but it goes to tell you how much of a mess the Portland Trailblazers organization is in total. They they drafted the guy and didn't even play him. They drafted Sambu. Yeah, they did that with a couple of the guys, man. They had Zico, they, they had Jermaine, they had Jermaine O'Neal, didn't play him. They're a mess. They drafted Drazen, didn't play him. They drafted Sam Bowie over Michael Jordan. They draft these cats, not named Damian Lillard, and they, they let them go to the wayside. Hey, Justin, here you go. Here you go. I got, I got, I got you. I got you. Hold on, hold on. Portland Trailblazers. You smoke crack, don't you? You smoke crack, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> Paul Allen should be disgusted. Whoever was the owner before Paul Allen should be disgusted that they let Drazen go. Because Drazen was that guy. Drazen no crack, averaged don't you? twenty and shot over fifty percent from the field. <laughs>
you know, Mel Kiper came out with a list of his top five off teams with the best off seasons. Uh, his list consisted of Kansas City Chiefs, no, in no particular order, Kansas City Chiefs, Baltimore Ravens, Arizona Cardinals, St. Louis Rams, and the Atlanta Falcons. Now, KC made some moves, had a nice draft, picked up Alex Smith to be their quarterback. Um, good for them. Baltimore did a great job of kind of recouping some of the assets that they lost. You know, when you win a Super Bowl, teams kind of raise the roster. They, they snatch up your free agents. Baltimore did a great job of maneuvering themselves in a position to sign guys to fill spots. You know, they took advantage of some good fortune with, El- well, their good fortune, Elvis Dumerville's um, bad for misfortune rather, uh, and, and getting him to come over and, and play a pass rush role out there. Arizona got snatched up Carson Palmer from Oakland. We'll see how that works out. St. Louis had a great draft, picked up Jake Long, um, so he's going he's gonna to come in and hopefully um, keep Sam Bradford off the ground, which is priority number one for them. Um, and then Atlanta, you know, they did their thing, getting Steven Jackson to play running back. They got uh, uh, Tony Gonzalez to come back. I think Tony Gonzalez is coming back, right? Right? Oh, yeah, we back in the, we back in the game. Oh, uh, but you back on that future. You back on that future, Justin. You auto tone it. Show up. Show talk. I'll hear him, baby. You back on that future. You back in the game. Man, Justin, turn out the lights. I'm looking forward to. Man, you got to call back here. You got to rephrase the reset button. You know, Justin got like that. Man, he got one of them old Nintendo phones. Man, you got to, you know, after after a couple of games, it kind of get a little whack. You got to blow on the cartridge. We got to get you back in, man. Hustle back in so we can get you on in on, in on this topic, man. You will. You gonna have to. You gonna have to rough with this one, partner. Oh man, he got me singing new songs out here, Justin. That's what I love. I said, Mad Max. You never know, baby. See my stuff is taking up. Uh, Man, he uh, might just he might just go auto. He might go T Pain on you. I know. I was about to go Jay Z back on him. You no more auto right. tunes, man. No more auto tunes messing around with uh, that. So, what kind do you think stuff. about this list, man? How would you have changed it? Would you have kept it the same? And if you would have kept it the same, what do you think about the teams that he chose? Well, you know, and I talked a little bit about how I thought uh, some teams did. I, the as you know, Rams. Uh, I think, uh, you know, did very well. Uh, I think you, you did a little bit of that. You talked about that. Another team he didn't have on there, and I thought they did very well, was Cincy. Um, yeah. And if you just uh, – just when I talked about some of the stuff that they did with their with their draft picks, but I thought that they uh, they did they did a really good job when you look at some of the additions they made, even in the draft and, 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 and the way that they secured some of their guys. But, you know, they, they they built up on that defensive line. Uh, they brought Sean Williams in at safety. Uh, so their defense is getting stronger. Uh, that I think is really good. Uh, but if you if you look at what they did in the draft and, 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 and some of the pieces they put together there, uh, they brought uh, Eifert, uh, tight end in from uh, Notre Dame. Um, I think that's a really good pick. Um, and so, and then running back, uh, Bernard from uh, North Carolina is a decent player, um, but can add some depth. So, you know, if you think about how they put it, I think Cincy is a team that I don't think, you know, because they've been getting a lot of criticism over the years for not having a GM, if you just look at their roster, they have one of the stronger rosters uh, in terms of how they built their last few years. I would, 
I like what he talked about Casey, but you know I me. Mean? I I thought I don't know how he can put Baltimore second, looking at what they just did. You know, they just they just uh, uh, waved their fullback. I mean, I just I, I think Baltimore might be lucky to finish, you know, third or fourth in the in the division. Uh, I mean, near the bottom. I mean, Baltimore's got some struggles and some holes. I, I don't agree with them being on the list. Uh, and, and he obviously made this before they uh, they dropped the fullback today. But I would put St. Louis more towards the top. Uh, Arizona, we talked about that. Arizona made some good moves. But Arizona at fourth, I mean, St. Louis at, at, at fourth, I think when you think about what St. Louis is, I would have pushed them up there. And Baltimore, I don't know if I would have them on the list. Because I don't think they okay. made moves in the offseason that I think are going to make them better right away. I mean, I think the Steelers are can get there, and I think since he's made some nice moves, you know, I think Baltimore's going to struggle in that, in that, in that division. Okay. Hey, hey, Justin, you back? Hopefully I'm back. I'm, I'm, Comcast is just. Oh man, you still, you still doing it. You still doing it. Still doing it. Hopefully they're not paying any of our bills. They fired. <laughs> <laughs> you got, yeah, you got to fire them, man. You got to get, you got to get out, man. Watch you. Hey, try it one more time, man. See, I, I maybe you got to move to a different room in the house or something. Nah. California love. I told the wife we should have got him in the first place. She 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 liked him over AT and T, but no said. Let's, let's get back to business. So okay, well, you still auto tuning though, so you got you got you got to try and come back in and see if we can't get that fixed, man. Because the, the, the fans ain't again, the fans ain't gonna be understanding you, man. It's gonna it's gonna mess with your brand. Let's see if we can get that worked out. See, he got mad at me about the Mad Max, but that's a Mad Max move. He done he done headbutted his phone. Headbutted his phone, y'all. He, he didn't wait for it. He just went on and headbutted the phone. And so that's yeah, that, that Max is in the building. The team I would add, I'm gonna jump in. The team I'd add, I'd add the Denver Broncos to this list. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, they added Wes Welker, um, added some offensive line help with Luis Vasquez, got Terrence Nightington, Dominique Rogers, Cromartie. And these may not be household names, but these are solid football players. And that's really what builds a championship team is being solid at every position. You don't have you're gonna have your outstanding guys, those are your big money guys, but these additions that you bring in to fill the holes in your roster are really important. And then in the draft, doing the work of getting a cat cat like Monty Ball, uh, Monte Ball, whatever uh whatever you, whatever he wants to be called at the moment in time, um, getting him um to, to come in and solidify uh that running game and give them another option, possibly a game break breaking kind of option for what they wanna do. Um, I think he's a great fit, and I'm sure they're ecstatic to have him on board. Um, I think they're going to be extremely tough, and I think they did just enough. You know, it wasn't they didn't make a whole lot of moves, but they made it the right move. Sometimes it's not quantity, but it's quality. So I like Denver. Um, a team that I'd probably take off is Kansas City. I mean, yes, they made they did. This was a team that made a lot of, that did a lot of different things. They made a lot of moves. I'm not buying Alex Smith. You know, and, and I, I believe Alex Smith is a serviceable quarterback. But as far as changing around your program, when you bring him in, I don't think he's going. He's going to really change what's going on on that team. And a lot of the other guys that they they brought in are guys that I'm just not 100 percent sure about. You know, and a lot of it is young talent. You know, where they did a lot of their work was through the draft, which is where they've been terrible the last five or six years. I mean, Glenn Dorsey, they took him with a top three pick. He they let, had to let him go this year. Javier Arenas, they took him with a second-round pick a couple of years ago, had to let him go. So, they, you know, they drafted a lot of guys who haven't panned out, and yet we're touting their draft. 
Um, good luck with that. That's all I got to say. You know what I mean? I, I, I'm not seeing that. I'm not seeing that happening the way. I don't think that's going to go the way they think it's going to go out there in KT. They'll be better. Um, but having an A-minus offseason, to, to me, means you just put yourself in. You, you took two jumps. You know what I mean? You didn't just jump from a team at the top of the draft to maybe a, a, a fringe playoff team. That's what being an A, A-minus offseason means to me. You, you jumped two rungs, and I don't think they did that. Um, I would say I wouldn't say the Broncos had an A A minus because I don't think they had that high to go, but I think they had a, a a B plus off season, and I think that was enough for them to take that next step and go from being a decent squad to a legit problem um, in in the AFC. Justin, come on, come on, I'm 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 hoping for Look, come on, no all of my voice. Can you hear me? Do I sound like T Pain? You're good, dog. You're good. You got that Rock Kim baritone going. I'm on my cell. I cut off all, all three house phones, internet, <laughs> the whole nine. I, I'm on straight up Verizon cell phone. Shout out to Verizon, everybody. So yeah, 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 yeah. I appreciate everything I heard from what I did here. I, I move Atlanta up on that list for obvious reasons, but I take Baltimore off that list. I don't like how they let uh, uh, Joe Flacco. Put a ski mask on and rob them blind. They, they, they Joe Flacco literally robbed Baltimore blind for all that bread because he's not a top five quarterback in the league. And to get the money that he's getting, <laughs> it, it, it's unfathomable. Okay, so yeah. and, and to pay Flacco that money, you lose Anquan Bolden, who was one of your most valuable assets in your Super Bowl run. Not to mention you, you you lost your two leaders in Ed Reed and Ray Lewis via free agency and to retirement. So how in the, in, in the H-E double hockey sticks can Baltimore be in the top five in all-season moves? I removed Baltimore, mm. and I think I said this last show that I was on, I got to go to Green Bay. They, okay. they, they, they signed Aaron Rodgers to an extension. They locked up the money. We can money clap for that. We can clap for that. We can clap for that up this way. You know, they they re-signed Clay Matthews, who's their best defensive player. They they signed a defensive end who can play all positions on defense. And they got the best running back in the draft, if you ask me. I call him Baby Trent Richardson. Eddie Lacy is a problem. I live in Atlanta, Georgia, SEC country. And Eddie Lacy runs over every team known to man, University of Georgia, University of Florida, so on and so forth. So, I believe that the Green Bay Packers, with the Eddie Lacy pick, re-signing Aaron Rodgers to a five-year extension, re-signing Clay Matthews, I think they deserve to be in the top five uh, off-season moves. Okay. And speaking of off-season moves, of course, we got to talk about Tim Tebow for a moment. What? 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 I mean. You know, Belichick, they tried to, they tried to, you know, and this is the interesting part about him going to New England. Is it's not going to be the circus it was in New York because New England ain't having that, which is, you know, they it'll be interesting to see how it all plays out. People won't make 53. Mark my words. And, and I, you know what? I'm with Sign you on that. Blood. I'm with you on that. I'm not sold on Tim Tebow as an NFL quarterback. Um, and I, I think it's too late in the game to switch positions. Um, it's just too much to learn. 
Um, and if you don't want to learn, if you feel like you should be a quarterback, and that's what that's a, that's going that's going to hamper his his ability to develop and, and grow into whatever he could be. So I think it's a wrap for him, man. He he, he needs to uh, maybe he needs to sign with Jay Z and figure out what he's going to do outside of his brand in sports because um, it's, it's not on the field. It's just not popping on the field. But the hoodie, my man Bill Belichick, shut it down. Shut it down with an iron fist, like yo, man. You know, we, we, I'm going to entertain this. I'm going to do my Belichick deal. You know, they asked him, you know, what do you think about Tim Tebow? He said, you know, he's a smart football player, works hard. Next question. <laughs> you know, and and that that's what the Jets didn't do. The Jets played with it. They enjoyed it. They wanted the attention. Yada, yada, yada. They ruined their quarterback, who wasn't that great to begin with, but they didn't help the situation. d what do you think about this Tebow sign? Man, uh, I, I mean, I was, you know, sometimes you can outthink the room, uh, and, and uh, you know, it's a good deal because it's not guaranteed. Uh, so yeah, uh, and Belichick and, does that. He does that. I mean, look yeah. at Albert Haynesworth. He brought in Ocho yeah. for a minute. He'll kick the tires on anybody. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, I think this is, you know, every coach has an ego, and I think this has got Josh McDaniels all over it. You know. Tebow is forever locked to Josh McDaniels' legacy. You took him in the first round, and the last thing you want to do is kind of let that go out the door. I mean, it's forever. He traded traded to get him, um, and I think this is Josh's effort to see if they can make something happen. Uh, there's been reports. I, I know he's been working with uh, uh, Winky, uh, Chris, the former uh, uh, Heisman Trophy candidate, saying that his mechanics. Wait, 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 wait. Hold on, hold on. Is working with Chris Winky? Oh, that I, changes I, my whole opinion of Tebow. Now he really sucks. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you well, want to do what you suck for advice. <laughs> well, 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 you know, some, some, of the, some of the best quarterback coaches, Trent Dilfer, are cats who good play can coach. Uh, so I think part of it is, part of it is, uh, so hey, Chris I, mean, I don't know. <laughs> but, but but if you look at it from from Belichick's side, if they believe he can play, you know Belichick's you know uh, close to Urban Meyer, you know if they be, if he believes he can play, he knows he can sit and get him going because you got Brady playing there for a while. There's no threat there. I mean, for this this is much to do about nothing other than the other stuff. In the way New England's working, they're going to suppress this. But after about four or five weeks, people are going to be tired of asking questions. The best line I think was. Did Josh, how much did Josh McDaniels have to do with this decision? And when Belichick said, I don't know, that right there was everything I needed to know about how When you think Belichick doesn't know how much Josh McDaniels is. Right, right. I mean, right. Belichick told me everything. This is going to be nothing. They're going to be killing the media. Uh, ESPN is going to cry. It risks for the guys. We're just going to talk about it last. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. It's a beautiful day. So, hard knocks, you know, with the Tebow sign, you know, that, that's made for TV right there. Who y'all want to see on hard knocks? we got about eight minutes left. I want to just get this out there real quick. Hard knocks, you know, a lot of teams are shying away from it because they don't want the circus mentality around their off season. You know, the Dolphins did it last year, and I thought it was pretty entertaining with the Dolphins. It wasn't as good as, you know, the Bengals back when they did it or necessarily the Jets when they did it, which was real entertaining. But, uh, you know, Antonio Cromartie counting off or not remembering his kids' names and ages, which was just 
it was it was one of the worst moments in the history of African American people. <laughs> it really was. <laughs> it's just like, come on, Komarty, come on, man, you represent all of us right now, right now. Come on, dog, come on. Remember your kids' names, bro. Come on, you making everybody look bad. He was like, uh, and we all, all think about all brothers together put their heads down. Wherever they were sitting, they just put their heads down. <laughs> you know, it was one of those moments when you rewound the TV, like, did he really just do that? And did he have eight three-year-olds? <laughs> you know what? I, I'm going to stick up for I'm I'm going to stick up for Antonio right now. He did that. Oh, this is going to be viewers. He did that to get a bigger check for to, to be able to feed his family. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that, knowing that it's probably not true. <laughs> I was going to say, I got, I got a drop for you, bro. don't have facts to back this up. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we, we'll look at Come it from a positive perspective. I agree. Yeah, yeah, man. So uh, who would you like to see, Justin? Who would you like to see Justin on uh, on you know the hard night? I would like to see my wife's hometown, the Philadelphia Eagles. I'd like mm. to see how the, mm. the, the the quarterback controversy plays out between Nick Foles and Michael Vick and uh, uh, mm-hmm. the, the the other ball from from uh, Mac Barker. Yeah, Matt Bar- oh, Mac Barker. Oh, Mac Barker. Oh, y'all remember him? Look, look, yeah, Dennis Dixon, yeah, <laughs> right, 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 right. He did disappear. I, I would like to see okay, that. So you, I like you to see Philly. The, I like the the entertainment aspect of a boisterous wide receiver like Deshaun Jackson, and yeah. I like to see Chip Kelly is is kind of Pete Carroll esque, for lack of a better adjective. I think that coming from the 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 Pacific West Coast Pac twelve conference. Having you know, being a player's coach as Chip Kelly's always been, I think he he could provide some entertainment and like to see how they're going to bring this together and and, and conform a, a playoff contending team. So my vote is for the Philadelphia Eagles on uh, Hard Knocks. Okay, okay, okay. You know, I like to see, and I'm, I'm gonna jump in. I like to see Detroit. I like to see Lions. I like to see some more Indomitian Sue, some Nick Fairley, um, some Jim Schwartz, some Megatron. Um, you know, give me some Reggie Bush. You know, give me some Matt Stafford. I think Detroit, under the radar, sneaky dark horse, might get it. Actually, I think Detroit actually might get it. I think the Eagles are front are our favorite, the front runners to get it. I agree with you, Justin. I think it'd be real interesting to watch the dynamics of Chip Kelly trying to put that roster together, the quarterback situation. You got some personalities out there that'll be interesting to see with Shady McCoy and and um, Deshaun Jackson. I think Detroit's a dark horse. Who you got, D. Will? Uh, I, I like to see the train wreck known as the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> they got they, 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 they tell Tony Romo he need to be more like Manning and everything else. I love to see that storyline play out. Uh, or New Orleans coming back from just all the controversies that they came back from and, and seeing how that all played out. But Dallas is a train wreck waiting to happen. And, and he was great on Hard Knocks, the whole team. Real quick, and it's real, always. Quick, real, real quick, real quick. Funny thing is, D. Wills, I had Detroit Lions or Philadelphia Eagles on my notepad, 
Mm-hmm. And I know I couldn't pick both. <laughs> 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 I was like, me and Justin do. is on it tonight. Me and Justin is on it tonight, man. <laughs> we we usually both hands a little bit tonight. You know, some of us, so the stars are aligned, man. It's supposed to be the storm mm-hmm. called the Duracho or something like that coming to Madison. So maybe it's something. In the, maybe it's something in the air, man. Maybe it's something in the air. But we clicking tonight. <laughs> yeah. So we gotta get into the resistance digital dog of the week. That's right. So let's go ahead and jump in. D Wills, you know how it goes. The dog of the week is brought to you by Resistance Digital Solutions. Make sure you check out the boys at Resistance Digital, www.resistancedigital.com to get all your digital needs met at a low, low price. Uh you know how it goes, D Wills. We need more dogs. Uh I'm going with uh a lot a lot of great uh uh people out there, but I'm going with Serena. But she got 16. Uh, oh, She's just man. been on her game in the last year. Um, and I'm just proud of the way. And she's been beating folks down. All these folks, they want to hype up. That's mine, Serena Williams. Okay, Justin, who you got? I hate to say it, he took my sign. I was going with Serena, too. 16 singles, 31 doubles. Uh, who, who can compete with that? He will. I agree with you wholeheartedly. Serena it's is harmony. Cat of the week. Okay, I gotta go with, I gotta go with the man, the boy, uh, Adonis Stevenson, knocked out. Oh yeah. <laughs> hey, and, and on the low, on the low, on the low. I don't even know if Adonis Stevenson really can speak English. <laughs> I mean, this brother was like, I was like, yo, man. This cat's language. I mean, the language barrier is thick right now. He's just from Canada. I mean, what? And after he knocked him out, he ran out of the ring and almost knocked out three or four other other people. And they were trying to hold him down. He was. Almost, I thought he was gonna hurt about nine people after he won. Yeah, man, he, he ran around like he had a soccer goal. <laughs> he ran around like he had a soccer goal, man. Oh. I was unimpressed. I was unimpressed by his, his speaking ability. And the only reason I say that is because the brother's from Canada. He's not from, like, you know, he, he's not from, you know, Kazakhstan or, or Czechoslovakia or something like that. He's from just Canada, dog. He's just right up the way, man. That's right across the street from Detroit. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you, you speak English like that? Come on, bro. <laughs> so that does it, though, man. We, got, we, we clouded, man. We had, a, we, we had a great show, man. A lot of fun. You know, this is that barbershop talk that we like to give y'all. You listen to the Real Sports Guys, realsportsguys.com. Check us out on Twitter. Justin, drop your Twitter handle. RSG, Justin Page. Holla. Get at him, D. Wills. What's your Twitter handle? RSG, D. Wills, D-W-I-L-S. That's right. Yeah, check us out on Twitter. Um, I'm going to be dropping mine in a minute. I got to see what's available. You know, people be trying to hate taking a game changer. There's only one game changer. You know, and I, and I, and that's and that's your boy right here, twenty one. So I, I'm gonna drop mine in a minute. Be on the lookout for that next week. But great show, fellas. Peace and love to everybody out there. Catch you next week, same time, same place. Deuces. All right, guys. Yeah.